everyone, welcome back to Ascension Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, which reads, Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacles in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found within our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, were treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We've spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You're not restricted by us, but you're restricted in your own afflictions. In return, I speak as to children. Widen your hearts also. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord is Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then, I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So, Chad, we pick up here in chapter 6, and as you've mentioned in some of our previous podcasts, Paul didn't have the most cush lifestyle, didn't have the easiest things that are going on, and so what it looked like for him to be a faithful servant and follower of Christ, he kind of gives us a little bit of an insight into that here in this chapter. And I want us to talk about that. You know, what does it look like for us or what does it look like even here for Paul to be faithful to what God is calling him to do and how that relates to the church in Corinth here specifically? Yeah, I think that's a great characterization because I think as we look through and as we continue to go through 2 Corinthians that he is going to speak. He's going to speak about some of these hardships that he's facing and just give kind of his story. And here he gives a kind of a summary of his story, but it's important because I think uh, as we think of ourselves as servants of the God, as we think of ourselves as followers of Christ, is that there is going to be a contrasting nature to our life. And he does have this contrasting nature for the fact of, here's what I experienced, but this is how I lived through the, those experiences. So when you start getting into it, the word that's key here is in verse four. It's really with great endurance. I think when we think about the Christian life. We're going to talk about great endurance oftentimes. Another word for it is perseverance, um, how we are going to stay faithful to following Christ when the circumstances are hard. And in fact, some of the things he lists are some of the very things that Christ experienced. We're talking about beatings. We're talking about imprisonments. We're talking about riots, labor, like sleepless nights. Like you see a lot of that also in Christ's life. We might not go through these. I think sometimes we can read a thing like, well, how many of us are actually going to be beaten for the faith? How many of us are actually uh, going to have sleepless nights or even experience hunger? We live in uh, America where not a ton of people are going to hunger. Some of you might, but most people not are not necessarily going through that. But whatever you find yourself in, whatever affliction, I think it's 
important to look at verse 7. Because really what Paul is looking at, he's not looking for deliverance. He's not looking to be taken out of these things. But he's reminded us, like, here all these things happen to me, and yet I still remain faithful. And how do you remain faithful? By keep being pure, by being holy, by continuing to uh, just think through the knowledge and growing his knowledge of Christ, but also how he's operating to serve with patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit. Again, when you look at that, it's really probably talking about some type of empowering the Holy Spirit as he goes through that. Uh, but he also talks about genuine love, like making sure that he still loved people genuinely, even people who are hating him, who want to hurt him and do that. But he was showing genuine love to the church. And then guess what? The church was even at times against him. But then also with truthful speech, again, relying on the power of God. And he continues to go through and then he even <clears throat> talks about the weapons of righteousness for the right hand for the left. And again, what does that look like? Right, we can get a lot of things. I mean, you can turn to Ephesians 6 for your own study. Kind of think about uh, the armor of God. If you want to do that on your own study, kind of think about those things. But he's reminded like, hey, we are staying faithful. Uh, he is staying faithful through all these things, which is, again, kind of proving that he is a follower of Christ and that he his message that he's bringing is it honest and true to the gospel because there's others who are doing it for gain and who are actually trying to denounce who Paul was. And that's the thing. I think a lot of times we face these things. We face these things as you go through the life. You'll have people who are going to be against you. People are going to specifically be against you for the gospel. And you're going to find that you're going to suffer through these things. And what God's looking at is not you know, how to get you out of it, or he's like giving you like, oh, just tell me what you want and I'll get you that or get you to a better place. It's like, no, what God's looking for is how we faithfully walk through that. Are we still being pure? Are we still patient? Are we demonstrating kindness, genuine love? And I think that has become the barometer because um, you're going to see this in your life over time is that sometimes it doesn't make sense. The wicked, uh, like the Psalm says, the wicked will prosper. And the righteous often could be getting hurt. They could experience afflictions. They can do it. It's like, man, why is that happening to good people? And it's a reminder, well, it happened to Christ. And when we are follower of Christ, devoted to Christ, we should expect to follow in his footsteps of suffering and just to be wise to that, but then to make sure that we stay faithful through that. Chad, I really appreciate how you've given us this concept of the perspective is what should carry us through that. And the perspective is something that Paul even continues as he walks through this passage to really focus on. Because once we get into, you know, verse 8, we're treated as imposters, yet we're true. We're unknown, yet we're well known. And so the reality of what we're experiencing and maybe how we feel He's starting to teach us in this passage that we need to have God's perspective, not necessarily the perspective of the loudest voices in our lives, those people who are bringing the hardship at us, or the people of the world who don't understand where we stand before the Lord in those different items. Because that's kind of what he kind of focuses in on at the end of this chapter is this difference between the people of God and the people in the world and how they're not supposed to be working together or yoked together in this because they're going to different places. They have two different 
things that are drawing and motivating them to live their lives. And so I want us to talk a little bit about that that concept, because I think one thing that students really struggle with is, what is my relationship to the outside world? Yes, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but I can't get away from this thing called the world. It says here that I should go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch nothing that's unclean. That's in verse 17, like, what does that mean? How am I supposed to be separate from the world when it's literally everywhere that I'm at? What does it look like for us to live in relationship to the world around us, according to what Paul's talking about here and the rest of those teachings of Scripture? So, Lee, I mean, the first question is, uh, what's unequally yoked? What does that actually mean? And so, I mean, you're in a, a student ministry. I remember what I was told in student ministry, very much what unequally yoked centered around. And oftentimes it was talking about dating and marriage. Uh, what about you? What do you? I mean, what do you remember from that? Yeah, for sure. That was the first place that they wanted to go to was to be able to say like, hey, don't date a girl who's outside of the church because this is going to be you pulling one way and she's not going to be able and you guys are going to be running around in circles and, you know, all those different things. But, you know, I think there's definitely something bigger to that. And definitely that is one thing as you think about marriage. And for most of you, this is going to be years down the road, hopefully, as you start to really think about marriage, that you want to have somebody who pushes you towards the Lord and wants to be, you know, working as that co-laborer right beside you motivated for the same thing. But but there's so much more in what he's talking about here about our relationship to that in the world, in the people that we have relationships, just any kind of relationship with, and what that does and how that points us either towards God or keeps us spinning around in circles from making progress in our life and our growth. Yeah, I think most people in our context really aren't going to understand what unequally yoked means. Like this is a agricultural kind of term that Paul's original readers would have understood clearly because they're still, I mean, functioning with oxes and horses and different uh, livestock for transportation or for plowing fields. And so you have to understand what, what it means by yoked is that there'd be usually two animals side by side or more that would actually be in charge of like actually pulling, pulling a carriage, pulling a plow, whatever it may be. And so when you look at that is that both had to be of similar stature, similar power, similar strength, if they were going to pull well and steadily and not harm each other. And so when you look at unequally yoke, that's what it's reminded. It's like, it's a partnership. It's a direction. It's a pulling. There's these things that come to mind when we're talking about that. And I think that's for us in life is that we have to, one, Understand, there is a contrasting nature between who a believer is to an unbeliever. Understand the spiritual state. Understand uh, just the wisdom, the discernment. I mean, there there's a difference there. And it isn't to think of ourselves like, okay, we have to, as Christians, as believers in Christ, let's make sure we isolate ourselves from that and not engage well, with other people. And it's like, well, you look through Scripture and that's not what uh, you see. You see that... Jesus actually calls us, hey, we need to be going to unbelievers. We need to go to tax collectors. He goes to the low, like what people would consider the lowest people in society, the most biggest sinners, and he would be going to them with the gospel. And so it's a reminder, that's not what this is about. But it is a reminder that the, the nature of our relationship is going to be different. And now I, I've talked uh, with people who have been married to unbelievers and why they were a believer and talking about the struggles, the complications. Why? Because those people are going two different directions. For a believer trying to follow Christ, go after Christ, 
Well, that's going to very look very different for an unbeliever who's, again, might be kind, loving, but they're not going to necessarily just strive and want to be like Christ because, again, they haven't been changed and transformed um, in that in that way yet. And so it's a reminder that in that is that sometimes, like when you're thinking about your friends, that you can you should have uh, be able to have friends. Uh, with people who might not have uh, believe or who are not of faith or likeness of faith. And you might have to say like, hey, you know what? I need to be a light of Christ into their life. I need to be specific to make sure that they see Christ within me and that I'm displaying that. Whereas with a believer is that oftentimes you can find help and aid in your Christian walk. And so you need friends like that. People who are actually are on the same journey with you, who that you can partner with in these journeys so that you can have help in your growth in Christ. Because oftentimes I think we think of our Christian walk and we think, oh, this is a personal relationship with Christ, which is, that is a requirement. It's personal to us. It's not something that my, because my parents are saved or because, you know, again, I go to church or anything like that. No, it's a personal relationship you would have Christ, but it's not a private relationship is that when you look throughout Scripture, God in His infinite wisdom looks and hey, you know what? You can't grow in Christ-likeness alone. So here, I'm going to give you the church. I'm going to give you the body of Christ. I want other people who are going to be faithful in your walk to help you as you help them. And so that's really what he's getting here because he's wrestling with the, these Corinthian churches, actually partnering with people who are against Paul and who also are going against gospel principles, he's like, don't yoke yourself. Don't yoke yourself to that or idolatry worship or just within society norms. Like, don't yoke yourself to those. Instead, make sure you're yoking with other people of the same direction, same purpose, so that you can go in the direction of being like Christ as you engage the world, as you engage other unbelievers. So that's kind of where I'm thinking through. Lee, what do you have to add? Yeah, Chad, I think that's great. And I think one of the ways that I've seen this phrase to me is if you show me your five closest friends and I don't know anything about you, I'll be able to tell a lot about you by the people you spend the most time with. And so that doesn't mean that you can't have unbelievers maybe in that five closest friends. But if you're consistently surrounded by people who are not part of the church, that are encouraging you, strengthening you, edifying you, building you up, exhorting, rebuking you, all of these things that the church is able to do to help us to grow into the image and likeness of Christ, then you're going to be moving away from that. Because if you're not making progress towards it, you're making progress away from it. And so that's one of those things where, you know, friends and friendship is a huge thing for our listeners and for our students. Having those friends, feeling valued, feeling important, having people that are wanting to text and call and hang out with them. But you just have to have wisdom with how you do that, knowing that the perspective that you as a believer take to the world and the worldview through which you view everything around you is radically different than an unbeliever's. And so decisions that they make and what they value, all of those things are going to be vastly different. And so what we have here from Paul is that reminder for us that, hey, there's differences here. Like you said, we're not pulling out. We're not just giving up on it. We're not just saying, hey, you world, go figure it all out by yourself. But we're saying we have to have wisdom with where we put ourselves to work, what we do and how we work through that. And so my challenge for you guys as our listeners today is, you know, evaluate those people in your lives. Are you willing to ask those people in your lives 
who are believers to help you to work towards Christ's likeness? Are you willing to ask them for accountability for those different things to help you to move and to grow in your relationship with God? And if you're not, why is that? What's keeping you from having accountability from the other believers in your life? Or on the other situation, if you have no real believers in your life, what would it look like for you to find a believer to be in that close circle of friends to say, hey, I need somebody to help me because as I go to school, all of my friends are non-believers. I need somebody who's willing to walk with me, to help support me, and to help keep me on the right path as I navigate the different things that are around me in my life. And so I'd ask you to think about those things as you reflect on 2 Corinthians 6 today. Know today you were loved.